Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. What is up, my fellow addicts? This is a great episode. Holy shit. Gavin Rossdale of Bush is on the show. We've been kicking it out of the box with these fucking great guests lately. Boy, do I love Bush. I'm a big fan of the band forever. Uh, a super cool dude. Very open. Very easy to talk to. Could not be nicer. Uh, remember, we do the show live every single Wednesday, every single Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern time. And you could be hearing this episode. Imagine you're a Gavin fan and you could have heard this five days ago. I mean, what's wrong with you? Use the code SDR, gasdigitalnetwork.com, and you could get these episodes five days earlier. Uh, oh, this is important, by the way. Starting this week, they are going to be all both episodes fully delayed five, ep- five days. So five days delay starting this week for each episode. All the more reason to go to gasdigitalnetwork.com and use the code SDR. That starts next week. Five-day delay, true five-day delay. I think it's been three for a while, but now it's five. Uh, so that is more the reason to just use gasdigitalnetwork.com's code SDR to sign up and get 20% off access to 21 other shows. You hear these things going around lately like Patreon, where you subscribe to a show for 10 bucks. Well, this is the same thing, except uh, you get access to 21 shows. I mean, what a deal. It's amazing. Go to gasdigitalnetwork.com, use the code SDR, or just listen anywhere. Go to YouTube. You can watch the newest 15 episodes for free. Uh, we just want you to be a fan. That's all that matters. Here it is right now, the Gavin Rossdale of Bush episode of the SDR show. This is the intro to the shit show. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. This is the hit show. Show me a tit show. Please, someone fuck the hoe. It's weed, I mean, it's hookers and blow. It's art, it's art, you need to know. The SDR show. Let's go. It is the SDR show, sex, drugs, and rock and roll show. We are very happy to have this man. And we can hear his lawn getting clean. That's how you know it's an important show. Um, and Gino's going to be my co-host. He's going to come in at some point. His laptop just crashed. But this is COVID. This is the world we live in, Gavin. This shit just happens once in a while, and you got to roll with it. It is Gavin Rossdale, uh, singer of Bush. Also, looking into your world, man, let's say this. A, I met you once. You're not going to remember this, but I met you in New York City, and you are like one of the nicest guys in the world, oh. right? I just can tell you that already from the little bit of interaction I'm with you because I was dating a girl. She was a big fan of yours. I am also, but it was a chaotic scene backstage at, I think it was Webster hall in New York city. And I just said, dude, I'm sorry. Could you just take a quick picture with my girl? And you're like, Oh, of course, no problem. Like immediately just dropped everything and did it. Of course I was holding a gun at that point, but that's a different story. But not only that, it looks like I'm talking to you from 2000 because you don't look like you've aged a day. <laughs> very obvious that I'm 50. It is Gavin Rossdale. Thank you so much for coming on the show, dude. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. I should get that intro- introduction every time. That'd be amazing. <laughs> you should. And also, by the way, just to, to blow some more smoke up your ass before we get into this full interview, forget about being ridiculously good-looking uh, actor, singer, English accent. Let's throw that into the mix just for the hell of it. But in watching you the last couple of days when you're coming on, let's add a good cook and a tennis player just for the shits and giggles. <laughs> After that, nothing. After that, it's a precipice. <laughs> I was a precipice. I hit the ground with a bump. <laughs> um, so before we get into like the, the new uh, deluxe edition of Kingdom and some other things I looked up about you, tell me about Gavin Rossdale, the tennis player. Is that something that you're a big, passionate man about? Is it something you've been doing your whole life? Oh, it's, I wanted to be a tennis player when I was growing up. And, um, and then I gave it up. You know, I got into 
sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Mm. And and it didn't really the shorts didn't look good at, at night. And um, so I just really gave it up. And then when I was out here one time um, in LA, I'm talking about, and I was made a record here finally to be around Gwen, you know, at the time. And um, uh, I didn't know anyone, so I thought. What am I going to do in the day, in the mornings when you're making a record, if she's working and stuff? So I, I got back into tennis. And then since then, I've just been really like, it's like another job. It's another, like I have three, four times a week through the coach and usually maybe one mm. other player. So I'm hitting a lot with this guy. He's like, you know, this guy tomorrow is 200 in the world. This is really fun, really zen. Because it's beautiful because... No one cares if I play tennis. I get nothing out of it. It's like I'm better than I've ever been, but who cares? So it's very zen. It's very zen because I go here in the park and I just train hard and I'm not training for anything. It's super zen. Okay, good. Gino, everything's in. Sorry. Everything's <laughs> when he wrote that song, that's what he really was talking about was his tennis playing. Yeah, and, and given how he's laughing, it looks like he said, I don't think so. So there you <laughs> And by the way, just to put a button on the tennis, I was very into tennis as well. I think we're roughly the same age. You might be a little bit younger, older, whatever, we're roughly the same age. But I grew up around a lot of tennis players as a kid. Hashtag privileged white boy in New York City, in New York and L and, and Miami. And when I was like nine or 10, I met Bjorn Borg, who was the best in the world oh, at yeah, that point. Great. And I just walked up to him. I said, you're a great tennis player. And he went, I know. And that was our interaction. That was it. Yeah, I was a little stuck up. <laughs> yeah. I was a little stuck up. Especially say it to a nine-year-old. You know, say thank you. But he said, I know. And that was it. That's In his defense, he didn't speak English well. So that might have been the best he could do with a conversation. That's, That's the only words he knew. Yeah. yeah. And also, yeah. by the way, a couple of other quick things. In doing my research of Gavin Rossdale, I always knew that song, uh, Run With You by Midnight. I didn't know that was you. Huh. How crazy is that? You, you that had to, that's crazy because I can't imagine there's that many people that know that song. So. I knew that song in, in the 80s. I mean, think even you, you did a couple of tours, but I knew that song. When I heard it, I'm like, oh, shit, I know the song. And that was you. That's crazy. You, it's before your rock and roll. You found your rock and roll, I guess, because it was more poppy. Yeah, I, you know, it was like the first band you're in and just finding your feet. And just, I mean, at that point, I was completely dependent on the musicians I worked with, you know? Right, that's pretty wild. It really surprised me because, uh, you know, I always get excited when I'm doing research on people and finding out things that you didn't know. And I'm like, oh, shit, I, right. I know that song. That's crazy. Um, nice. A couple other interesting notes, and we'll get into it all here. Is this true? I'm reading facts about you. In 93, when you guys were signed... Your liaison to the label died, and then the kind of the deal was put on holding. You all had to get regular jobs until they got finalized, and the first album came out. Is that true or not true? It's well, true, but we went back to our jobs. We didn't. We didn't lose our jobs. We did. We stopped oh. our jobs. We made a record. We're like regular working people, and we made a record. We had a band, but I still had to pay my rent. No one was paying me for a while, well, so I, I still had to pay rent and eat, and so. Um, I worked on, I basically did jobs that had, that I would never be um, indispensable. You know, I didn't, so it was like a building site. I painted houses, painted dentist surgeries, doctor's surgeries, things like that. And uh, um, basically, I had a future. Yes, nothing with a future. <laughs> because you were so focused on music you didn't want yeah. anything to potentially distract you i like so don't, you, want, don't want to say hey man if i pay you like ten thousand dollars will he will he stay on this job you know you don't you didn't want 
that kind of pressure. So you just decided just things that didn't matter. And I didn't want it and I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Also, I looked at, tried to look this up, but couldn't find the answer. The name of the band that you've had forever now, Bush, was it, is there a deeper meaning? Is it a vagina joke? Is it because you like George W? What was the name birthed from? It's like, it's so straightforward. It just says it in the word. It's like two great things in the world. And I do, George W. Bush, you can't, do you honestly think it has something to do with that? No, of course not. <laughs> I can't ask stupid questions. I'm not allowed. It would have been George Herbert Walker Bush anyway, because the band was formed in what? The late 80s, early 90s, right? So it would have been the first one. Maybe he was a yeah, fan. It was, early, it was 91, 91, 91. Yeah, that's Herbert Walker. That's his, that's they what used he was to say president. That, they used to say there are no such thing, there's no, there's no stupid question, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm here for, buddy, all day long. It's early. We got many more dumb ones coming. <laughs> so now, Kingdom, which is, I mean, I get it. The album was done. It's time to put it out. But it basically came out during COVID. And now you're re releasing it as a deluxe edition. But what I like is sometimes... Releasing like, it twice. It's yeah. so good we released it twice. <laughs> sometimes deluxe editions are like not really deluxe editions. It's like, oh, we had this extra track lying around or whatever. I thought he would be about to cancel on us like a. <laughs> well, that's, that's the new shutout. Is it just yeah, a little? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh oh, it's over. This is over. He didn't like my question. Uh, the one dumb Bush question, and it's over. Um, but there's some tracks that you wanted originally to put on the record. And then the, the video that I loved was the, uh, the Heroes cover, it was fantastic. And, you know, you're walking along this beautiful beach. And then uh, what's his name? Mike is playing piano in his house. Seemed like he had the better deal of the two in the video. <laughs> I sure did. Um, I sure did. So all that happened there is uh, Mike asked me to do a song with him for Music Cares. And, uh, you know, you know that organization is a really very, very beautiful uh, charity. And um, so he said, do you want to, what song do you want to do? So, when you, you know, when you go through Bowie's catalog and you check in his songs, it's really fun. It's like the funnest set list to try and, you know, oh, I might sing this. And um, I said to him, you know, had he ever done a, like a really funereal version of, of Heroes? I love that song. I love solo piano songs. So I asked him to do that. And then I was, I um, escaped to uh, stay at the beach for a month. And so I just went outside my house and just where I was and just recorded that video because it was like super COVID. No one's going anywhere. I was like, well, if we go on the beach and the dude arrives, he just, he's a friend of mine, but he just goes down the stairs to the beach and we just shoot from like 15 feet away. We're cool. And so it's super homemade and just as charity. And then when they were talking about this deluxe edition or uh, thing, I thought, you know, so it's got six, six songs people haven't, Right, well, two live songs, but the but the but then Mike did a version of Undone on piano. So those two songs alone um, is good to revisit the record. And then the Beware False Prophets is just a really good song. I wanted to include on the record, and then I didn't, and um, I was always sort of mad, sad about it. When I played it again afterwards, the record was out. I was like, I really fucked up. I should something should have gone for this song, and uh, so now I get a chance to put it out. You know. How much, because really, you are, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the only original person still in the band from the original inception of Bush, correct? Uh, correct. But the guys with me have been with me since now. I've had two incarnations, and they've been with me since, well, 2010. They did the 
re-release. So, mm-hmm. so you know, it's like it's split into two bands, basically. Right. I got you. But so when you say you wish that you made it to the record, I would imagine you have the most creative control out of anybody, or did somebody supersede your decision to not include a song on the record? No, that was me being as uh, succinct as I could be, you know, and trying to make the record concise and not like, like nobody likes anything like third. Now this, this record's like too long as a record, but it's like, you could just now pick the tracks. But I just meant like when you first come out with it, it should be this sort of like perfect piece. I know we're, we're old and it's like, oh man, it's just singles. Well, I like it when, if I like someone, it's like a body of work. Like if I like a, a painting or something like that, I love to see what else they do or photograph it's really good to see when people do uh, in the context of other pictures they take mm-hmm. and not just that so i'm just a bit more open to that stuff so i want to make this condensed record so I, now i've made a bloated record but it's bloated and fun and it's also a reissue so by the way am i the only one here to gino and shannon when uh gavin raised his leg that you got a little aroused because i was gonna die <laughs> i said leathery and I'm disappointed that he dropped his leg man. I was like, feeling, I was feeling something there. Um, for a little while, by the way, you were acting as well. You showed up at a, like, a couple of TV shows and and movies. Is that Just still that. something that intro you're doing right now? What wow, the- look at that! I'm, I'm doing an audition tomorrow for that for something. It's really <laughs> fucking. It's super annoying. It's a, It's like when Krusty the Clown was doing it. It's for a hemorrhoid ad, and your line is, "Oh, I can ride a bike again." Is that right? Is that it? <laughs> Remember I when wish. you answered those stupid <laughs> questions? <laughs> two for two. Uh, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's really good. It's was annoying. It's really that, is it a movie? Is it a TV show? It's a movie. It's a, this this one is a TV show. Okay. Are you still? Do you actively um, audition, or is it COVID brought out like fuck it? I'm going to start looking down that path again. Um, well, I have a movie coming out pretty soon called Habit um that's uh so i've just i was in a movie just before covid so that's gonna get people going oh look he's acting again when you know i shot it a while ago that's the best thing about being an actor i think it's my sixth or seventh movie or something like that and um what i love about the most is you can be doing stuff like i'm really immersed in loads of things now got the reissue got the car driving shows got the maybe do another live stream or mellow one whatever Christmas coming and then bang, we're gonna, you know, out comes a movie. And people be like, Wow, how's he do that? It's like, I didn't, I did it a while ago. Yeah, you shot it a year ago. So make that and also apparently cooking's a big passion of yours too. Cause I saw you say that you were do you went back on a cooking show two or three times or something. So is that something else that you've always loved to do or you picked it up during COVID? Oh no, I've always been into that. I've always been into that. Um I've always been a feeder and um yeah, I got to go on Amazon Live and I cooked with Kat Cora and I did two cooking demonstrations for Oat Living. Oat I, Living? Yeah. Meaning you had to cook oats of some sort? Oat Living, H-A-U-T-E. Oh, and then oh. Less in high, okay. Can, can that living. be the dumbest one? Of, I mean, we, had a, <laughs> we threw out a couple dumb ones to distract you. See, it's like when you go for a contract negotiation, you ask for something ridiculous so you don't notice two other things. <laughs> Those questions were so dumb that you didn't even notice. He just said... This came in like Bruce Lee. Yeah, he it said... He literally, yeah. That and is he, a one-inch punch of dumb yeah, questions. Yeah, he literally... He's really good at his job. You got to take my word for it. But he just asked... I get it. If it's done with nothing but oats. Let me explain. Let me explain. I thought <laughs> maybe Gavin is vegan or something like that. Really? There's a channel that shows you how to use oats 
yeah, in yeah. a good but healthy like and you have the you have the nut milk maker i do yeah, i do cool. have a nut milk maker you heard that yes i did which yes. i think is amazing by the way but i mean this is, this is a blender by the way well use yeah. a blender. here's the thing if we're gonna get into this now yeah. that's the number one item on a gay wedding registry that's just right. so you know that i've had it on my registry thanks gavin thanks buddy i like that you like that i'm telling my buddy you laughed at that all right go on so when you make or almond milk, for instance, <laughs> I can leave. You put it through a fucking strainer and get out the pulp. This is a centrifuge and separates it, the meal from the milk with one button done. So I'm getting it. I was that. Are you shopping like me on Instagram? I, you know what I got the other day? Because I need glasses, right? So, um, you know, reading glasses. And so if I order things late at night, I'm not really seeing what I'm ordering. Sometimes it's difficult, big fat fingers, and I'm like, you know, on a little phone or big phone or whatever. And I guess I, I fucking mosquitoes, man. So I got these mosquito, like a thing you put in. But I guess I put in 11 as opposed to one. So I have 11 mosquitoes. So. <laughs> what does so, it do? Wait, you have 11 mosquito what? Like repellent. That's, you repellent things. Like, I, it doesn't even work. I still get bitten. They're everywhere. I yeah, <laughs> I need I need the other 10. Because does this happen to, to you or anyone else? It's been happening to me three or four times in the past week. I wake up at five in the morning because some mosquito has literally feasted on my body. Is that why you got it? Does it happen at night when you're sleeping? It, you probably sleep indoors, but just play along with it. They, they fuck me up. They yeah, they, I, and, and they always like I just maybe come down clean and just like the feet showing maybe you got a tracksuit on. Yeah, and, and then but you have to make the decision. Suddenly, my foot, I want to, I want to hack it off. Yeah, you have to make the decision at four in the morning. Am I going to commit to waking up, turn right. on the light, and execute the one or three thousand motherfucking mosquitoes in here, or am I going to try and go to sleep? But you itch for twenty minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I will take seven of those and one almond nut milker. <laughs> it's supposedly based on blood type almond nut milkers i would think anyone could supposedly bites are based solely on on your blood type that they're attracted to certain blood types i can't also, change my blood type now so i'm <laughs> fucked they just won't leave me alone they love me it's like they they spot me it's like a sheepdog who i used to have this a hungarian sheepdog beautiful dog but if anyone in the gang of people was a bit worried about a dog he'd go around the back between everyone and nip them on their their you know, if they were jitterish. You know? He sensed fear. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I do think that Gavin said that he makes mistakes ordering late at night and can't see to explain those 12 <laughs> dildos he ordered by accident. <laughs> ten, yeah. of them were, 10 of them were an accident. Let's be honest. 10 were an accident. I never ordered a pepper grinder. So <laughs> <laughs> what I also really like is that... um. You seem super passionate about this new album, about Kingdom, that you feel the band is playing better than ever. I like the line you said is that if it came after the first record, you guys would have been even bigger. I like to see when you can feel sometimes when it's genuine and when it's not, when someone's talking about right. their new record. And it seems like you feel that you are a super cohesive unit. Yeah, I'm feeling right really great, sort of feel at like the center of my creativity. You know what this makes me think of, because it's a funny show as well, and I love these questions, but it makes it, you know what I hate? When people bring out a record and they say, this is the real me. Like, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> where have you been? Anyhow, so yeah, what I like about it is really timely. And there's a big discussion about whether it's a good thing to bring it out now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because people are at home, but records come and go. Like, I'm already working on a new one because 
if we go on tour, say next summer, you know, when it happens again, it'd probably be better to come with an EP, better to come with a record. You know what I mean? It just sort of right. makes it feels right. So then you're like, well, fuck, did we just lose this whole record? Because it's really timely and it feels really spot on. And that's why I'm so proud of, of this record. And, you know, I, if we, I, it's, I can wait before I go make my sort of homage to the Sequoia Forest or whatever the line is, or, you know, like any, any concept album about the Joshua Tree can wait. There's so much going on. Mm. I did an interview today with this guy and he's like, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I said, there's so much chaos in the world and it's an amazing time to write. And he goes, what do you mean? And I was like, well, like, we've got disease, we have famine, wars, hunger, racism, shootings, uh, 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 violence in the streets i got helicopters above me it's like i'm just like it's like lowest hanging fruit for everyone who expresses themselves however they express themselves to go through the prism of all of these things that are going on that are just like so you have to be activated and um how can you not be energized about things if you get a chance to make things you know it's really imagine if you are because i'm i'm not an artist but imagine if you're an artist type this time you're sometimes you might be struggling for what inspires me to write? What can I, where can I find? Oh, I just navel gaze. If that happens, I just look into my own life and I just guess that. <laughs> so I'm pure navel gazing. But I mean, now it's navel gazing plus all this stuff that we're living through and all these expectations, you know, for me as a father, you know, bringing up these kids and seeing how they see the world and the speed of the world and horizons and just, I don't know, just everything in the cycles, the chapters of everything and, how life is just—you see it playing out. You know, it's 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 intense. Well, here's an so, idea, by the way. If you do go on tour, you know, let's say six months, a year from now, and you haven't recorded an album, just release the really deluxe edition of Kingdom. Absolutely, the turbo. It's a uh, it's a fascinating take you have on it, and I've been I, I do a show as well, and I do stand up. But when this all first started, and you're in California, you said right? Yeah which is locked down. But when all this first started, you know, comedy and music, I'm sure similar, like, and you couldn't perform for people like, and it started to, to sneak back. It's like, well, you could do, we do shows here in New York in the park and they're doing drive-in shows and, and these outdoor like venues. But the thing I've noticed with comedy and I think, and I'm curious to see if you've noticed it with music is maybe we needed this maybe because I say comedians and crowds were taking each other for granted. Like, like people would just show up at a comedy show and, and comics would be like this crowd. But now it's like now when there's such an appreciation between the artist and the audience saying like, I'm looking at them saying, thank God you're here as much as they're looking at us saying, thank God you're doing this. Have you noticed that in music? Have you been able to get in front of audiences? You mean have standards dropped? <laughs> 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 you can just edit out my question and start with that yes and we save eight minutes what does that, i mean like like uh, if you're funny you're funny you know i love stand-up yeah but um no i hear what you're saying yeah i think people will be there's a, there'll be a sense of i think that there'll be nothing like the passion of of, of shows again for the collective energy it's going to yeah. give us all as performers it's going to up our game you know at least yeah. 30 percent because we're going to be so thrilled to go out and do it so maybe we'll do better jobs um but i think that it's a it's it's a sad truth of human nature that you're going to get heckled forever so be careful yeah by the way i'm going to give you my biggest compliment to so far on the show nice tits um, nice tits. Oh, no, you when I, I listen to uh you know active rock radio in the background just so i could be aware of what's going on in music i still try and stay 
somewhat current and just leave it on in the background. And when the flowers on a grave came out, they were just playing in the background. I'm like, Oh, it's a cool song. Oh, it's a really good song. Who is this? And I went and looked like, Oh shit, Bush has a new record. So that means that I liked it without knowing it was you. And I think that's the best way to say that you're enjoying something. It's very easy to go to your website and see the new song and say, Oh, cool. But hearing it in the background ancillarily, if I could say that word, um, is a, I think is the best a testament to how good the new record is. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I will take it a step further because when I found out we were interviewing you, I'm like, oh my God, we, I went to, I saw they had a new album out and I put on, you know, the album, the kingdom, which is great. And I'm doing stuff around the house. And I realized I'm like six or seven songs in. I'm like, this is a really good album. You know, like you think you're doing your homework and then you're just like, this is, this is, uh, I love Bush. I listen to him all the time. I felt young again, but it's, it's really yeah. good. That's great. Thank you. When you were recording this record, because as you said before, you felt that in a way it was like uh, uh, would be a great would have been a great follow up to the first record. Um, did you try and get back into a headspace of young, adorable Gavin, or like where did you find this headspace for this record? Because it wasn't COVID, obviously. Um, I the record I made before was just after my divorce, so it was like it's sort of bruised and a bit injured and like limp, you know, beaten. Mm. And so I was just happy that I got a record out, but it wasn't, you know, it, it was, it just wasn't, it just was at the time. That's sort of the best thing about records, you know, especially if you make genuine records, they do this sort of snapshot of your life at that time. And so I was just sort of done with that emotion and just like, I was like, oh my God, you know, like, you know, everything's good and life is okay and life is great. And you, so, so I wanted to make a record of defiance and that defiance like kind of carried through to, complaints about things you know in bullet holes you know that's why i'm singing about race wars star wars mind wars and planet wars you know because i see all this going on um we've seen everything you know from from the wars that are happening from the fights between governments um and i don't know he's trying to be mindful of what's going on and that bring brought out a defiance in me and i found myself uh, doing all these shows and playing these big festivals and just choosing all the heaviest songs off of all my records. You know, mm. when I do the set list, I just like thread, right, that one's going to fucking smack him in the face. That one's going to fucking, you know, because you got, you're playing to 40,000 people and you, you know, you've got to have impact, you know, right. or be play glycerine or letting the cable sleep and be so super soften up. But it can't be sort of like mid tempo acoustic sludge for me you know right, okay. so i just like i like just putting all this uh energy into this this sort of and then basically taking super heavy music but then still singing the way i like to sing on it and uh and that creates an interesting tension i i like that so here i want to tell you another embarrassing story for me i have what can only be called as my fuck songs playlist right huh. that is uh, bringing a lady home and I'm trying to impress her and just have music in the background. It can't come in too sexy because if you bring a girl home and you're playing sexy music right away, they're like, all right, we get it. You want to have sex with me? And it doesn't go well. So it needs to transition. And one of the songs in that transitional sexy time is the Nightmares on Wax remix of Letting the Cable Sleep. I fucking love that version of that song. Yeah, they did a good job. They yeah, now how did that come about? Was that a, a label project, that whole remix record? Yeah, that was a label. Was, you know, that was, that was brilliant. Like the typical band where we really, they were like, this, we had this made. And they'd gone to pretty good people and just gotten to make the record. It just, I thought a few of them were a bit lazy where they just didn't change the time, you know, to fit the vocal and stuff like that. A bit like, sort of like 
put it with glue on top of her thing. So, but mostly it was really some really good things, and it's just funny because uh, we came from a culture of such of London. You know, I come from London, all of us from London. So there's a great culture of dance and remixes and all that stuff. I know all those guys from Massive Attack, Nelly Hooper, all the guys in London at that time when we were coming up at the same time, Primal Scream. And so it was just good to get into that vibe. So it was just funny that they went ahead and did that as like a couple of dudes from the Valley kind of got these guys as opposed to working in collaboration with us. But that was a good mix. And no, that was just them. Yeah. That's a really good one. By the way, which is totally unrelated, but when you said that, it reminded me, think, reminded me of this. I believe it, and I could be wrong, but one of your uh, original Bush bandmates was in a group called The Beautiful People, and they did Jimi Hendrix remixes. Did you ever hear that album? It was a really unique album. It never came out in the States. but yeah, Wow, you really are good with your music. You know, deep stuff. Um, yes, that's what made me uh, fall in love with him. That's what got him the gig, really. Wow. He never really played like that ever again for me. He never did that for me. But what he did was just like play grooves for them and then they looped everything. And we, it's funny, he, he was, yeah, he was just played naturally like a regular drummer after that. But right. what I liked about him was that Hendrix. I loved that record. Such a great record. It never came out in the States. And that's, by the way, that album is also on my Fuck Songs playlist because there's so many great songs in there. For those that don't know, it's hard. To, I think you'd find it now on YouTube and even maybe on, on Spotify. But they're the only time that you ever got a... Um, rights to Jimi hendrix music's music they couldn't even get rights to the music for the biopic that andre 3000 played that had play music inspired by Jimi hendrix but yeah, that yeah. was actual music from Jimi hendrix that's funny that what was the title again what was the title the name of the album is if the 60s were the 90s that's it that's homage it. to if six was nine and yeah. then uh the album was beautiful people but it's funny that that's what made you like that drummer. Look at this. Look at me, Gino. I know my music. I'm <laughs> mostly impressed that you have a playlist of songs to fuck to. I'm lucky to get uh, through halfway through Blur Song 2 if I'm having sex. I get what you're saying. That's a quick release joke for those there of you, you go. listening. There you go. And Blur Song 2 is a very short song. And they say woohoo several times. So really, a lot it's of layers to that a, dick joke. Such an amazing song. He's so talented, that yeah. guy. I mean, let's listen to the Gorillas and Gorillas have a new record. And um, it's interesting how, you know, he's just really very brilliant and uh, does so many interesting projects. And he does gorillas. I didn't realize it was gorillas. And he was gorillas until maybe like three or four either. years ago. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, how the fuck? That guy's crazy talented. Um, yeah. Speaking of crazy talented, when was the thing recorded uh, with you and Breaking Benjamin doing Alice in Chains? Because it said July 2020. It couldn't have been July 2020 when you did Wood. No, it was just, it was March. It was just the last time I played in Vegas, did a show, and then I went flew to, to Reno and, and sang with them the next night. All right, because that, uh, that was an incredible live. Is that one of the last times you did live in front of a group of people? Uh, yes, yes. Wow, do you look at that and shed a tear? You got it, because that was such a great moment. And, uh, you know, just doing Alice in Chains and everything, but to see so many people crap. It's funny now when I watch so many people jammed into a room, it gives me, is a good Jew word, it gives me agita. I get very uncomfortable, but at the time, I'm sure it was amazing. I just can't do it anymore. Well, he gave me, much like today, uh, thank you again, but he gave me a, uh, the intro he gave was incredible because he said that uh, he had, you know, been squeezed at the front of a show when he was a kid and being to see his favorite band and watching that 
person on stage changed his life and from that moment he dedicated his life to doing what he does and blah 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 and just really nice and saying that this is his favorite band and then she couldn't believe it and invited me on stage to sing that song so it's really like, be cool. i was like i was like wow that's really uh, we couldn't get that band but here's gavin rossdale that was a little joke for everybody <laughs> No, it's not, it was real nice of him. He's a very sweet, sweet guy. And uh, we, I think we'll go on tour with them, Breaking Benjamin, in the summer. I hosted, when, thing called, uh, we... I hosted an event called Shiprocked, and they played it uh, the year before last. And they're just super nice dudes, really cool dudes. Right, yeah, yeah. So now you said you're working on new music. Is that already a process of more than just jotting down notes? Or are you actually recording new ideas? I'm recording songs. This is my studio, and I'm going this afternoon somewhere to, to record two other songs. But yeah, so just as a process, because you don't even know, like I don't put myself under pressure to, um, for this to be the, you know, they don't have to win the, the Olympics, you know, I just have to write songs and right. listen back afterwards. And I think that if you, yeah, so you just do it as a, but obviously I'm trying to win the Olympics every time I write a song. <laughs> so, uh, so that's it. Because you said just by, by before that the last album that you recorded was right after your, your divorce and you were in a different headspace. Mm -hmm. you listen, do you listen back and realize, oh, yeah, that was really, I was miserable there. I can feel that. Or do you try not to even go back and listen to those things? You know what I'm saying? I would just listen. I only ever listen to stuff I've done if I'm thinking about... Um uh, 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 doing, a, a, you know, doing performing it. So I might listen to it to refresh myself. I don't kick back and roll through the albums um, <laughs> at any point. But uh, I mean, I'm was, you know, I, I mean, I, I, it, to me, it's like it's really takes a lot to be vulnerable. You know, like to you, if you could, it's real easy to have bravado. You know, you, anyone can have bravado because you kind of just building that up. But vulnerability is something that you have to like get out your own way of. And so I don't know. It's, it's, I've always been a bit confessional like that, you know, probably cause I'm, yeah, I don't know. But it's also, stuff. I think that's one of the inherent differences of musician, musicians and comedians. Musicians have to be super vulnerable where I think comedians, they kind of self deprecate. It's a little different where you really wear your heart on your sleeve as a musician. I mean, you even said like, uh, I think Come Down and Glycerin, or Glycerine if you're uh, from the UK, uh, were both about Susie from the Baby Animal. So you wear your heart on your sleeve. You have to do that when you're a musician, right? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. I guess. Wow. Did that surprise you that I knew those things? or <laughs> you just, uh... Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. It's the things that I'm doing next that I want to that will start freaking me out. That's when that's that's when it started to freak me out. If I start telling you things like the album you just recorded yesterday, that song, I'll tell you what yeah. that's about. Yeah, <laughs> like if you already knew where I was going, what song I was doing. But <laughs> Did, by the way, and this is an all seriousness question, not to go back to the first record, but because it's so obviously an English pronunciation of the word glycerin, did anyone try and tell you? If this song's going to be a hit in America, you should say glycerin and not glycerine. No, no, no. Luckily, no one got in there. All right, I'm sorry. I know it's a weird question, but it was one thing when I heard that growing up. I was like, what the fuck is glycerine? Isn't it glycerin? And then I found out, you know, there was no internet back then, really, not much, but it was just the UK pronunciation. 
Am I, is that another stupid question, Gina? Well, no, I mean, not gonna you know, for me, that's always nitroglycerin. Yeah, he's not going to top the oat, the oatmeal question. Uh, yeah, I'm never alone. I'm alone all the time. Probably one of the most haunting lyrics in all of music, if you ask me. One of my faves. <laughs> Thank you. So now, if, let me ask you this, because I see that you're a happy father of three. Be cool if I got that wrong. Um, <laughs> you uh, seem to be also, which, you know, it's not easy to do right now, accepting our current fate pretty well. You know, the fact that you are a home for the, I think you said the longest amount of time you've ever been consecutively home, right? I mean, yes, there's there's shit going on in the world, but you seem to be handling it pretty well. That will probably affect your your songwriting because, as you said, you are very vulnerable. You open you're opening yourself up. So, do you think that your songs might be in a more happy vibe? Do you have for the new ones? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that um, I mean, I've you know I've got a few songs already, but but uh, it's. Um you know, just try and be as, as honest as you can. You know, I, I don't, I think that like, it'd be fun to make it super happy, but at the same time, sometimes that doesn't have that gravity. I, I prefer to put lines in or, or talk about things, things are very satisfied with certain things or the, the value of people versus, you know, this is the most beautiful day. I just can't, I mean, you too did it really well. <laughs> so I look forward to that, but it's just, um, I think it's interesting to just sort of be quite provocative. You know, I'm more interested in being provocative. And, uh, and also, like, I have some a couple of, um, I have started this lyric that's really, really fits in that um, plaintive thing. Because I think a lot of people are going through many things. It's easy for me to plug into the concept of being lonely. Um, it's very simple. And the main thing is I look at it like now, like I'm just really lucky because I didn't get sick. No one around me has got sick. And, you know, the bad things happening to people, starting with people dying, that uh, I think that, it, you know, you got to just keep quiet. You know what I mean? Just right, like, right. Yeah, I can't hard. complain about anything. Yeah. You I can't complain. Yeah. I cannot complain. I have no, I've made, I've not made one complaint at all. So I just kind of I wait patiently for life to return. You know, that's all. And meanwhile, I'm so busy than ever. It's annoying. Well, I'm, you first and well I'm curious, and this ties into the COVID thing and all that stuff. And you said earlier, and this is something I think artists feel. It's like, I can't wait till we get back. And we're in these studios and we're, we're playing off the energy of these huge crowds. But I think I say this all the time, and this is ties into my take on COVID. I've never, once we got through the first couple of months and I'm like, I realized like, all right, you just need to be healthy and you need to be happy. We, we need these live performances because there's a healing energy to when people are laughing and listening to music. And I think that's as healing as any of this bullshit that they're talking about with hydroxychloroquine or, or waiting for a vaccine. So I, I think I'm curious if you have been as an artist feel the same way. It's like, as long as I'm doing what I love, it's keeping me healthy in a way. Yeah. I mean, you know, as you say, we're just, we're just being patient and everybody wants to return to that. Like I love nothing more than to kind of go be entertained, um, stand up. I, I, I love all, you know, lots of, any good music you know and so it's hard but but having said that it's hard to um promote that over and i know you're not saying that but it's hard to I, I don't know when it just you know it seems to be getting worse they keep saying now it's going to doubling down and you know it's just it's, it's just a mind fuck every single day and i think it's going to get worse for people um because it just does not seem to be getting better <laughs> so well 
I would disagree, and I'll and then I'll just say this one thing: they were pushing the deaths when there were a lot of people dying, and then when they started fuck saying like, "Oh my God, a lot of it was flu." People had an average of two point six coexisting, excuse me, existing comorbidities, and then they started pushing the infection rate. And everyone they're worried about getting infected. I don't want to get it, but I'm not worried about getting it, and that's that's why it seems so glum. I think. Dino yeah. is a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just a 51-year-old guy who's healthy. My friend just got it. Yeah, my friend just had it. Just had it. Didn't think he had it. Felt weird for, for a week, 10 days. It's fine now. I know yeah. someone that actually, a guy that was my age and relatively healthy who died. Which sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to mute while I keep um, Can we make it a drinking game whenever Gino mentions his, his conspiracy theories on the show? I'm just saying. I'm a- do that, yeah. when, and uh, by the way, I was on a uh, socially distanced first date with a girl, and she was talking about how this had whole COVID has ruined all her plans. She had all these trips planned. She can't go to Europe and all this other stuff. And I said, Well, I'm sorry that only happened to only yeah. you. And she got very mad at me, and our date right. did not go well. Yeah, that's what I mean. You can't, that's a, yeah, I, you have to have the opposite attitude, really. Yeah. And when you said you're provocative, is that why you keep raising your knee up? <laughs> Just because it feels good, feels comfortable, just to sort of be in this in this position. <laughs> just want to make sure I understand. It's so funny. It's so funny because I just sit like my dad. It's really, it's funny. It's funny That's how we gross do that. When I do it, <laughs> you have three kids, as we said. Do any of them have musical desires? Uh, yeah, the oldest uh, dude, uh, Kingston, is super guitar player. He's been playing about six or eight months properly. And he has just incredible fingers. And he's just a natural player. And so I set him up. I've got some beautiful pedals and nice equipment in there. So it's sounding really good. Because I figured if it sounds good, he's going to want to keep doing it as opposed to terrible sound, mm-hmm. right? So he's got a beautiful sound in there. And he's in his band. His band's called Sex Ed. It's amazing. Best name Great. ever. That's and they're amazing. in a band. And they're, you know, he's been recording. And I just bought him an interface. So... He's about to uh, get recording it himself, and he's, you know, he's gung-ho about being a musician singer. I mean, poor kid. I'm like, listen, that's a terrible idea. It will never work out. You know, it's the really hard thing. <laughs> but if you want to try or you feel it, go for it. That's pretty wild. And, and the other two are too young? How old are they? Are they old enough 10, to start? 10, 12, and, and 6. No, they're not. No, they're just, they, they want to build, they want to, like, go off BMX ramps, you know? All right, well, I kind of wish they'd play guitar more than go off the ramps because that's not going to end well, you know. Well, but probably neither is going to end well. Well, the guitar just ends in a tune, doesn't it? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, so now, just to reiterate it again, the new uh, the reissue of Kingdom come is out October thirtieth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's six new tracks, really. Uh, overall, six tracks that yes. weren't on the original it's, release. Yeah, it's uh, the Kingdom and it's six new tracks. Two of the tracks are live singles that we played when we did play them. Mm-hmm. But uh, so they're kind of cool because they're on the fly. But but uh, it's the the four, the Heroes Undone with Mike Garson. Those are the ones that are really special, I think. Yeah, I mean, I really loved uh, the Heroes one. I watched it a couple of times. Uh, made me emotional. <laughs> Good. He cried into his almond uh, milk. <laughs> You know what's going to happen, Gino? I'm going to make you some fucking omelets. <laughs> and I'll be like, this is delicious. And then I'll, 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 you'll catch me drinking it alone. And are, you a ve- are you a vegan? No, I'm not vegan. But I, I do another show all about health and wellness with the owner of a company, a big uh, raw organic company here in New York called Juice Press. Mm-hmm. They own like 90 locations and he's vegan. 
And it's made me realize we just need to eat more plants. Shannon, our producer, has been vegan for nine months. Is that right, Shannon? Yeah, about nine months. Yeah, and she feels better, and she finally looks better. You, I do, and I'm going to interrupt you here. I'm sorry. I do. I, I don't. I love meat, never, but I do juice cleanses every so often, and and I don't do it for any other reason than to reset my body. And I love doing those. I should go through juice press then, right? Yeah, juice yes. Press has the high, high quality. But but I can't. Whatever. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll look into that. Thank you, buddy. Sounds like a, it sounds like an off-air conversation <laughs> to me. So so what what's the website? And hey, Gavin Rossdale, you don't help me hear music. Music. I'll think of it anyway. All right, so let's do this. We we don't we only have an hour with the man, and I really want to hear his first. So let's hit the first. The first time ever I saw concert, did drugs, had sex. As you know, the name of the show is Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. We ask every guest since the dawn of time their first experience with all three. We start with rock and roll, and we mean the first concert you went to, and not some band we're not going to know. The first concert you went to on your own volition, not your parents took you, that you went to see because you wanted to, that we're going to know. Go. Um, there was a singer in England called Alvin Stardust. Okay, you remember the part of the question when I said a singer we're going to know? <laughs> All right, well, then I'll go. I mean, the first one, the first show that I went to that changed my life, that I went to and blew me away, was um, seeing Jane's Addiction wow. at, at the Acklam Hall, which holds like 250 people in London, um, in uh, South Paul's Bella Road. And that show, I've said it a lot of times, but that, that show is the kind of the first one of a known band, you know, that you would know of. Um, we didn't get to see lots of bands, you know, it's like where I grew up. It wasn't, it was more, we would like into, it was a bit rougher and people into like, um, but doing up cars and going uh, to, to pubs and to clubs mm-hmm. and uh, Irish, half Irish, half blacks, Kilburn. And so it's like, I was like the anomaly, like to like, uh, like David Bowie, you know what I mean? They thought I was super weird because I like David Bowie, you know, mm-hmm. but I lived there's a, a record store at the top of my road. So I used to go in there and every week with a ticket pocket money I get from my dad for like, you know, clean the house, whatever like that. Um, I'd buy a record a week. So I had all this, all the punk singles, every single punk band, every weekend I'd get the, get one, one single. And so I grew up around all this music, but we didn't really see those bands. And then when I was old enough to, you know, 16, 17, then you start seeing the bands that interesting you. And, and James Addiction was the first one. I saw the Chili Peppers really early when they had uh, Hillel Slovak, who was a guitar player. And that was mm-hmm. when I was first beginning in music. I saw the Chili Peppers and just the wild energy. So Soul Asylum at the Marquee. Um, so that's when I was realizing that I liked the American bands because they just just performed so much better than the English shoegazery. I was like, what's that? Nothing's happening. Um, and then I saw the American performers and um, Dave Perner and, and Perry Farrell. Dave Perner was on the show, by the way, not that long ago. Yeah, he's a super talented guy, super great band. And um, it really just a, really was a great performer. And I hadn't seen that. And that just lit a fire in me, you know, and then I love punk music. And so that's why I made this kind of rock music with a punk edge with a bit of reggae bass lines. And then it comes to now where I just still like the same stuff. 
That's a great answer. Love the answer. So now we'll go to drugs. First drug you ever did, ideally not pot, unless pot's the worst drug you ever did. Um, well, the first time I did acid... Um, it's already a great story. <laughs> was, um, was, I was like 17, and, and we took it, and we were at this uh, party for Roger Taylor, and for the band Queen in the countryside, right? Like one of those like fancy pants parties, right? And so the whole, they had this huge marquee area where all the party was or whatever like that. And I was with my friend and we, did these, uh, we took this acid and um, he found a way to get into the house, the main house, which is only like where like he was or his mum, and, you know, like it was nothing to do with the party. It was the lodge, you know? And for some reason, that became like a, a really, um, really important place to, uh, to get to. And my friend had already got in. So I like, you know, I had a few attempts at like getting access to the house and someone would come out, but they had security, obviously it's fucking Roger Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> so I got stopped, turned away the second time. And then my friend came out and then we just sat in between the, party in the house in this like little row of trees just like talking about life for a few hours so that was a bit of a and then like somehow getting home somehow you know the youth youth on the run you know did you get to meet roger taylor at the end of the parties or no no not that night fuck no <laughs> <laughs> and then uh the first time you had sex uh what do you mean like the first time proper sex Proper intercourse sex. I'd like to hear the first time he had improper sex, <laughs> if oh, I may. That, I can that, tell you that one in doing the research. That, you know, that, that, that one. No, I mean, that, that was, um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I... Oh. Wow. You pissed wow. him off. <laughs> no. He's back. Oh, yay. I thought I, thought I picked <laughs> I ran out of power. I ran out of power. I, I didn't have a hissy fit. I ran out of power. So <laughs> funny. Don't ask the man about his first sexual experience. Yeah, oh, forgive us. Your, your, your majesty. We had no idea. Your highness. I, was, I didn't have a problem. I just, my, my power went. I guess like my, my publicist shut it off. Uh, so first time. Actually, the um, is uh, in Clapham Common uh, at a beautiful house in Clapham Common after, after a party and uh, there's a beautiful girl that actually has gone on to be a successful uh, writer. So I would never, ever say anything, but like. Can you you fucked about- J.K. Rowling? That's incredible. <laughs> Can you tell us how old? Loud, loud and proud. <laughs> <laughs> Eat your heart out, bookworm. Yeah. How old yeah, were you so- at the time? 16, 17. Not bad. Nice. That's good. Okay. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't an impressive coming in at 12 years old servicing the ladies right. <laughs> who is sorry excuse me why do they, they tell you like i get the, the edit when i say a bad joke i'm sorry <laughs> uh, wait, <laughs> no, you look so great and i'm like i didn't that was not my punch yeah Shannon has a question about your tattoos go ahead Shannon. i'm sorry just to add on to the dumb questions i'm going to ask a terribly hacky question your but turn what is <laughs> yeah it's my turn what is the inspiration or meaning behind your forearm tattoos well, first off, I think that um, I think tattoos are really sacred, and I don't, and a lot of them I really don't like, you know. And so it took me a long time to just find a design and a person 
that I really liked. Um, and so this, it's just this minimal geometry. And I just, I, I sort of see it, it, it just, it just the process of going through them and the, the design and simplicity. It's just like, it's just part of a sort of internal dialogue thing. So it's nothing specific. It's just certain shapes and uh, feels evocative to me for some reason, you know, if it's like sort of, I don't really understand myself, but they're really pleasing to me. And I had a girlfriend um, a little while ago and she's had tattoos and she said to me, you know, um, when she first got her tattoos, she, she didn't like them. And, and, uh, and I was, I was like, wow, I'm so sorry you felt like that because uh, she has a picture of her mum on her arm. It's like really terrible, right? Wow. <laughs> I was like, I was like for two, and her ex-boyfriend. And I was like, oh. I was like, well, yeah, maybe you didn't enjoy those, but no, no, I'm, 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 I'm fine with mine. So I've, ever since I got them, uh, they just felt really part of me. They are very pleasing to that eye. Like during this whole thing, my eye keeps going, especially through the gradient on your right arm. They're beautiful. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much. The fact that he's so goddamn good looking, I'm sure. Come on yeah. now. Yeah. Get your shit together. Yeah. Get shit together. Thank you. Thank you. I thought he was going to say, you know, tattoos are very personal, so don't ask me that fucking question. That's what I thought he was going to say, too. <laughs> best answer. Why would I say that? Why would I say that? It would have been the best I like The reluctant interviewee. <laughs> Such a good answer. I was praying for it. I really oh, no. for it. oh my god, it would have made me so happy. Um, <laughs> the one inappropriate question I have to before we wrap this up, and again, the new album, uh, the re-release of Kingdom, October 30th. As you said, six new tracks. Hopefully, you'll be out on the road next year. Are you doing any um live performances like a lot of the store, a lot of the bands? Yeah, are, we're, uh, we're, we're doing we're doing a we're doing a car tour, you know. I think three shows in Southern California where we play to 400 cars um there's no people in them just the cars i think the funny thing is is that you could probably come in on your own or you'd come in with a car full there might be the old 17 and a mini you know we could get some circus act coming in and uh could make it really really reasonable uh so i don't know if you're gonna like flash their headlights and bonk their horns and they're gonna be more problem with the noise from the horn blaring than the band so Anyway, so it'll be fun. I mean, I'm looking forward to doing that. I don't know if I do. I jump across the rooftops of the cars, you know. Yeah, that'd be fun. That would be cool. I haven't seen yeah. you probably. I don't know if you, you know, property damage you might do. 165 pounds, like bouncing on a Tesla roof. I hope you know. You know what I just learned that I weigh 100 pounds more than Gavin Rossdale. <laughs> Damn. I'm six six. So I'm a big dude. So six six. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm a big guy. That's why. So that's what it is. Nice. All right. So then uh, the last question, and this is an, it's an inappropriate question. I'm going to start by saying that. So I apologize. But I mean, at this point, I feel we're old friends, you know? Um, the thing that I read about you that was bizarre to me, that, and I'm wondering if you ever had a chance to talk to him about it, was Boy George outing a relationship you had in years ago in a book. You denied it first and admitted it was true. But the weird thing is for someone else, to talk about your private life, I'm wondering if you ever had a chance to discuss it with him directly. No, it doesn't matter. It's the bullshit under the bridge. Okay, that's all. That's, that was my question. I apologize. That's all right. Question, but in, in reading that, I'm like, what a fucking asshole. It just seems so weird to me. That's yeah. all. Um, so again, the album, Jenna, can we play, we end the show every week with a song of the week. Any Before we hit it, anything else you want to plug before we wrap up? No, that's all good. Thanks. Okay, Gino. Absolute pleasure talking to you, man. First time, long right. time. Okay. 
Take care, guys. Gino, before we wrap up. What's that? You want to hit your plugs? Oh, GinoBiscani.com. And listen to me on In Hot Water four days a week on Compound Media. Catch me every other week on SDR Podcast. In theory. And Shannon? In theory. (laughs) Good point. Uh, listen to my podcast. The thing is, Dana Dang. talk about thank you, bad dates, fighting, and ghosts. And uh, follow me on Instagram at Shannon Lee six nine eight two. Okay, and also, uh, Gavin. Uh, first of all, follow me over at I am Ralph Sutton. Thank you for being as I knew you would be based on the thirty second meeting I had with you a few years ago. A super nice <laughs> dude. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of the show. We thank do a you. song of the week every week. I want to play Heroes, your piano version, because it's so oh, beautiful. So we'll add it to the SDRshow.com slash playlist. And thank you so much for taking time out. Really was a pleasure having you on. All right. Thanks for having me, buddy. All right. All the best. Later, thank buddy. You. Bye. Thank you.